That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Thanks, kids. Um, yes, he is risen. Amen to that. Let me pray. So, Heavenly Father, um, you are welcome here. And Lord, uh, I pray that you will speak today. I pray that you will speak today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to try to preach. You can go with me to Mark, the Gospel of Mark. I love that name, Mark. Maybe because I used to have a friend named Mark with a goofy hair, brown like me. Not as good looking as me, but it was a good name. So Mark 16, and I'm going to read from verse 1 until verse 8. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended... Mary Magdalene married the mother of James and Salome, Salome, however you want to pronounce that, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. Verse 3, on the way, on the way, they were asking each other, man, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Verse 5, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in, in a white robe, sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of, of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. That Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. So the women fled from the tomb, trampling, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. So, Jorge asked me about a month ago, hey, bro, can you preach on this day? I said, yeah, I'll pray about it. I'll think about it. Last week he looked at me, so next Sunday, I said, sure. Are you sure? Sure. Like for real? Sure. Okay. So now I'm here. I mean, we, we, we hear this story, 
the story of resurrection all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, but a lot, a lot of times. And I thought, you know, I would like to know what exactly the other Gospels has to say about this story. Because you have four different people. They all will have four different things to say about it. But not in a bad way. Because you and I can look at a situation. Some of the things, it doesn't really important. It's not very important to me, so I'll leave those out. And depending on, 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 my, on the crowd that I, read, that, that I work with, I will pick specific things so I can use to reach the people that I am working with. That's how I look at it, okay? And, and my title for the, I, I, I don't usually do a, a title for my sermon, but today I thought I'm going to call it The Rolling Stone. Yeah, and I thought... That's kind of cool. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. I think it's some kind of band or something. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I'm going to call it the Rolling Stone. So, and I think only in, in, in the Gospel of Mark, he talks about this conversation that these ladies had. So on their way to the tomb, with all these spices... And they were thinking, man, like that, that stone is too heavy and it's so huge. Like we're not strong enough. I'm not. Hey, Mary, are you strong enough to roll that stone? And Mary, look at the other Mary. Mary, Mary, I can't. Hello. So in their minds, there's an obstacle. We want to get to the body of Jesus but I'm not quite sure if we can get in there because the stone is too big and too heavy. As the story went on, they arrived and they looked up, ta-da, somebody else rolled a stone for them. They didn't have to. It was already open. I said, God, what do you want to say to your people? It is Resurrection Sunday. It is Easter. What do you want to say to your people? And I was thinking, I was like, huh. How many times in my life that I'm going through life and I go, man, this stone is too big for me to move. There is no way that I could get through this. Just like these ladies. But here's the thing. It wasn't just a huge freaking rock was there. It wasn't just that the, the stone was over there. There were guards. Like if you read in, in Matthew, Matthew talks about it. Like Math, the end of Matthew 27, you know, they came to do, do, uh, the pilot and say, hey, you know, we heard this, this Jesus dude, he was talking about his death before, and he said in three days he will come back to life. So we better get people there to guard the tomb so that the disciples don't sneak out at night and steal his body and then claim that Jesus came back to life. So the stone was too big, and there were guards guarding the tomb. 
And these poor ladies were thinking to themselves, how are we going to roll this stone? What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? It's piling up like a mountain in front of my eyes. How am I going to get through this? I am done. I am tired with this distancing stuff, with this mask, with this whatever, all this stuff. How am I going to get through life with this stone in front of me? And maybe the stone that is in front of you is unbelief. Maybe the stone that is in front of you, you worry too much. Because you're trying to figure out what God is doing, what God is up to. Guess what? Following Christ is not about knowing. It's about putting your trust in him. But we want to know. I want to know what kind of grinding disc am I going to cut this stone with? I was a welder. That's why I say that. What kind of rod that I can use to weld up this beam is broken? Do you find yourself in the same place? Maybe you're watching today and you're sitting here this morning and there's stuff going on in your life and you're just like, what am I going to do? We sang about it this morning. My God is able to deliver, to, to save, to heal, to restore anything that he wants to. Not anything that you and I want. Because most of the time what I want is for my own good. And most of the time, what I want does not really line up with what God wants. I'll let you uh, chew on that a little bit, on that stone. Did you know that God can roll that stone away? Yes, he can. But would you allow him to? Are you willing to allow him to roll those stones away and call you, come out? Anyway, so these ladies were like, yay, we don't have to deal with the stone. But they walk into the tomb. There was no body. Jesus was gone. And they were scared to death. I would be. And the angel said to them, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. I was like, huh, interesting. To my understanding, some people believe that Nazareth was a really, really low place. And there's nothing good will come out of that place. That's not a place to be proud of. Just like Acme. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> there's not a place. Nazareth was not. It's not a place to be proud of because it's like way, 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 way down there. Sorry, Acme people. I'm sorry that I'm right. I'm sorry. Um, and, and, and he said, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. 
you're kind of putting him down. Like, that's not, I mean, in John 1, there was a conversation somewhere, and I think his name was Nathaniel. They were talking about the Messiah, and then Nathaniel said, what good would come out of Nazareth? Because it was a, it was a, it was a really, really poor title. And then he went on, who was crucified. Only bad people end up cru- being crucified. And I thought it was interesting. He was talking about the past, and then he was, he was talking about what Jesus was and what he is. He said, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. He is no longer dead. He is alive. Remember, he told you guys that. He told you in Galilee that he will die. So many times he said, I, he will die and he will come back to life. Don't you get it? And then he said, look, this is where they laid his body. Like, isn't the words of the angel enough? But he said, look. This is the place where they laid his body. This is where they laid his body. He's not there. He's really gone. He's really alive. So when we look at the place where they laid his body, it is empty. We know that death has conquered. We see victory. We see love. This is where they laid his body. This whole thing, it did, it happened. It did happen. But it is over. It is finished. He told you so. And then he said, well, go tell the disciples, including Peter. Peter is probably my favorite character in the Bible other than Jesus himself for so many reasons. And also, Peter was the guy that said to Jesus, I will go, and I will die for you, man. I'll die for you. If you know any Peter in your life, they are all like that. I know, I can think of one Peter. (laughs) He's laughing at me right now, wherever he is. That was the joke, anyway. Um, He said, dude, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, oh, Peter, Peter. Before the rooster do the cock-a-doo-doo-doo in the morning, you will deny me. Not once, not twice. And and it happened. So Peter said, told people, never seen the guy before. Don't even know what you're talking about. And the angel, it was important that the angel would tell them, including Peter, don't forget to tell Peter that Jesus is alive. And I was reading in John, you know, I, I laugh. John, sometimes I, I, I read the gospel of John and I just shake my head. He thinks he's so much better than anyone else. He was talking, you know, the, the, the ladies came back and told them that the tomb is open and it, the, the grave is empty and Jesus is gone and he's alive and blah, blah, blah. And John and Peter started running. They were running to the tomb. And then John says, you know, Simon Peter and the other disciple, 
whom Jesus loved, running to the tomb. And the other disciple overran Peter. So he got there first. That's a little arrogant. Maybe because Peter was too old. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not saying that old people can't run. So I was thinking about it. Why? So if I was Peter, this is me just like putting myself in Peter's situation. So three days ago, I denied my Lord. I told people that I've never seen this man. I've never seen him before. And then, and then I remember what he told me. And, then he, and now he's, he's alive again. I don't want to see him again. I feel bad. I feel guilty that I did such a thing to the person that I call teacher. And I was thinking, well, that makes sense that Peter was running a little slower. Maybe when he was running, he started thinking about all that had happened in the last few days. And guilt started, you know, building up inside of him. And he was like, I really don't want to see Jesus. Hopefully, well, John, because John, Jesus loved John. And John claimed that he's the disciples that, that Jesus loved the most. Maybe John can go first and, 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 and give Jesus the good word about me. And hopefully Jesus will forgive me. This is not in the Bible. I don't know. This is what I was thinking. I was like, it makes sense to me why John ran faster than Peter. Because Peter was running with a lot of guilt in him. And guess what? Jesus, later on, the stone that was in front of Peter was guilt and shame. It was guilt and shame. And Jesus himself rolled away those stones. And he said to Peter, do you love me? And if you read into, if you read into the book of Acts, like the stuff that the Holy Spirit did through Peter, it was crazy. And Peter went from denying Jesus to be the first one to tell people about Christ. He was very, very bold. Because nothing else mattered but the Lord himself. So he rolled away the stone. And he wants to roll away the stone in your life. The things that are stopping you from having more of his presence. The things that are stopping you from having more of his, from experiencing more of his love. He wants to roll those things away, but he won't force you. Do you want those stones to be rolled away? I'll say yes. I don't want them. I don't want those stones in front of me anymore, any longer. I think I'm done. 
Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a, a few more songs here, a couple more songs, and we're gonna continue to worship for a little bit here. And uh, and I pray. I pray that the Holy Spirit, that the power of the resurrection will minister to your heart today. So think about those things. Ask yourself, what is that stone? What are, maybe it's more than one. Maybe it's not just one. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's ten. If you ask me, oh, can I just pick one? Yes, you may. Just pick, just pick the biggest stone. Leave the little ones. If you don't want to give them all, just go big or go home. Go with the, big, the biggest stone that you can think of. Does that make any sense? Is that okay that I say that? Okay, I'm going to shut up now. You guys are looking mad at me. So we're going to sing this song, um, and then we're going to go home. We're going to sing this song, um, the bridge of uh, what a beautiful name. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you, and you silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no revi uh, revival, rival, oh come on. You have no rival, you have no equal, there's no one like you. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name that is above every name. Amen. One more thing. You know, the stone was not rolled away so that Jesus can get out of the tomb. It was not rolled away for the sake of Jesus so he can get out of the tomb. The stone was rolled away so that the ladies will be able to get in and see with their own eyes that he is really alive. The stone was rolled away for yours and mine. For your benefit. It was rolled away for you and I. So when we look into the empty tomb, then we remember. You know, Jesus was not the first one to come back to life. I know it sounds really bad. Throughout the Old Testament, there were people. They, they, they were dead and God brought them back to life. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the dry bones. And then last week, we talked about this, the man that got thrown into the grave and touches the bones of Elijah, and the power of God raised him to life. And Lazarus came back to life because Jesus called him from the dead to come back to life. But all those people, they weren't resurrected from, from, from the dead. They were revived from the dead. Jesus is the only one ever to be resurrected. Because resurrection is, an, is eternal. It is forever. It is permanent. You're not going to come back to life today and you die again five years later. No. 
he stayed alive, and he is still alive. He is still alive today, and he lives in you. He lives in your heart, and he wants you to have that freedom that he's given you. Does that make any sense? It was rolled away for you and I, not so that Jesus can get out. He, he's a big boy. He can get out himself. Sorry, Lord. I'm going to give you guys a few seconds. Just think about these things. And if you want to start praying, just say, Lord, I have this stone, you know, of unbelief. I mean, Thomas. Gosh, I almost forgot about Thomas. Jesus came to the disciples. He appeared to them, and then John, Thomas wasn't there. Why, why, where was Thomas? Maybe he had better things to do. And then he came back, and then the guy said, yo, 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 like we saw him. Him who? Like the Lord. What do you mean the Lord? He's dead. I was there. Like, don't you guys remember? He said, no, no, no. Yes, he was. But he's alive now. Thomas said, nah, you guys are pulling my leg. I am not going to believe that Jesus is alive unless if I see him with my own eyes, if I can touch the scars, the places where the, the, the nails went in, only then I will believe. Eight days later, Jesus showed up again, said to Thomas, well, hey, be careful what you say, okay? Said to Thomas, hey, look, see the scars? Look at my hands, right here. This is where the nail went through. You, you can put your hand on my side, right here. This is where the spear went through. And then Thomas went, my God and my Lord, or something like that. So now he believed. And Jesus said, well, he only believed because you, you have seen I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that one. I just remember Thomas. But my point is, yes, Thomas believed when he saw the Lord. But that was the big stone was in front of him was unbelief. It was unbelief. And maybe some of you, that's where you're at. Guess what? We have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. He is alive. He defeated the grave. He is all-powerful. Nothing can stop him when he wants to do something. It's going to happen. If he wants this COVID to go away, it's going to happen. If he wants you to get he to be healed from whatever sickness you, you, you've been having for a while, it's going to happen if he wants to. Sometimes he doesn't, and it's because things like that are supposed to turn us back to Christ, to show so that his glory, so that his power may be revealed through our struggles. So anyway, I'm talking too much. So, yeah, give you a few moments just to, just to rest in his presence and just 
soak it in. Just pray. Whatever is on your heart, he's right here. He's right here.